Good morning, late morning. Rob, thank you for showing that. But just one correction, it won't be featuring Eric Van Rie. It'll be featuring Jesus Christ. You know, we must decrease, he must increase. Amen? So, um, uh, but it's good. It's, it's hard to see yourself up there going, oh, should have lost more weight before I started. <laughs> but there's no getting around it. It is what it is. Uh, let's, let's pray and ask, ask the Lord to work in us. Father, we praise your name and that you are the faithful one. Um, I thank you for your incredible, amazing love. Lord, it is um, more, way more profound than we understand it to be. Lord, help us to lean on it. Lord, as I speak on uh, the Sabbath rest, Lord, let, let it be more than just a mental absorption. Let it be a deep incarnation, a transformation of how we understand this rest. Lord, so that we can enjoy it, that it was made for us. It was made to bless us. Lord, and I pray that you would uh, open our eyes and get the legalism out of our hearts, the religiosity of it, and help us to understand it in the context of who you are and who we are. So open our eyes in Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen? Amen. In Deuteronomy 14, 4.13, uh, God um, kind of, Moses is re-encapsulating the, um, the Ten Commandments and what they are. Um, written on two stone tablets. Uh, then in uh, Exodus, you know, he's basically quoting Exodus earlier when he's getting these commandments. I, I mentioned it last week, but I love the Mel Gibson when he's walking down with the 20 commandments uh, doing the, the Moses story. And as he walks down the hill, he trips and t- 10 of them fall. And he's about to say, and here I brought you the tw- 10 commandments. And that's just funny to me. Um, you know, God, the, the Levitical laws had all kinds of things to help the, the Israelites stay alive, uh, ceremonial laws, you know, what to do if you were sick and where to go, what to eat, what not to eat. Um, and uh, they were very strict uh, to keep them. The Bible says in Galatians that, uh, that these laws were there to basically keep them alive so that the seed could come and that we could be saved. How many are glad that the seed of Jesus Christ came and died for us? This is very good news, and it means that you can be forgiven for your sins, no matter what you have, what your problems are, uh, what your weaknesses are. The Lord's here for you. He came to save you, to rescue you. Uh, this concept of rest is something that, uh, when I first heard it, uh, it kind of surprised me because I was thinking, well, what's this all about? And, you know, I had seen chariots on f- a fire, and I'd, you know, I knew he couldn't run on that day. And that's about all I knew of it. Most of you know I wasn't raised in the church at all, so I didn't really have much tradition. I, you know, Sunday for us was play soccer on Sunday. That's kind of what it was. And then, you know, the debate in the Christian circles, once I became a Christian, understood what Sabbath was. People start arguing, oh, what day is it? Is it really Saturday? And, and, and then is it really Sunday? And which day should we? And how important is it? We're going to filter through a lot of that stuff today. And I, I promise you'll be blessed by it. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, should should we not do anything? Is it okay to work? Is it okay to play? Is it a religious thing? Did the cross take it away? When did the early church meet? You know, how important was it? You know, and then I started understanding its message, and it brought me freedom. And also, 
you know, the, the fact that we live in an American culture, just from a pragmatic perspective, that is so busy. Amen? Amen. We are so busy. You know, let's work another day. People will work seven days a week, you know, six months in a row. And they're just thinking they're, they're, thinking they're get a, getting ahead. Uh, but they're not. And uh, I told the story at first service uh, that, you know, when I worked at the learning company, it was a startup company, about 25, 30 people, and grew to about 4,500 people. And I ended up being reporting right to the CEO, about five of us. And being over one of the largest departments there for uh, um, creativity, I made probably two to 300 games while I was there, um, interactive games. And I had a standing role with my, uh, with my creative team. And I said, you have to be out of here. I want you out of here after five, the latest six. Because I know you want to work all the way through the night and you'll never give up and you'll never see your family. And I said, so you have an appointment with me and if you, do, if you go start to work harder, you're not going to get pay raises. <laughs> what? And I go, so you got to learn how to get your work done. And I made a couple exceptions where people who are more night owls, they'd come in late. But I got, I want you to be sitting here all day burning yourself out. And, you know, it's amazing how, how God worked through that. I, there, was a, there was a gaming company called Sierra Online, which we bought. And um, they, they had this King's Quest and they had a bunch of games. And we bought the company and the, I ended up working with the vice president of that. And... Um, <laughs> He would tell me one day, and he goes, Eric, you need to stay late. You know, start staying late so you can work with these guys. And I said to him, and I said, you're telling me because these departments are just kind of letting things go, and they're kicking back in the quad and not getting things done, that I got to stay late to accommodate the fact that they can't get things done by five? Do you know that we became the most productive company in the world in media production? The world. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. The world. We had the highest production rate. And it's because I really believe that we stuck to the principles of God. And they had to ask me, they go, what do you base this on? I said, the Sabbath rest and also the priority. And I remember one day coming home, when it all started for me, as I was on my way home, and I wanted to come home, and one of the producers called, and he said, he, she said, uh, you got to stay. She goes, I need you to stay on this. And the reason she wanted me to stay is not because I really needed to stay. I could have done the work the next day. But it was frantic for her, so she just had to get it done. And I told her, I go, why didn't you plan this yesterday? And she said, well. And so I, at that point, you know, I realized that, you know, it was just trying to be a convenience for her. And I, and I realized this thing. Somebody was going to be mad today. It was either going to be her or it was going to be Jody. No brainer. And I made a decision that day. I stuck my whole life. I said, I'm going to put my family first. I said, I'm coming home. And they would never, the people you'd never, as, you know, I, I've shared this statistic before, but I never lost an employee the entire time I was there. Not once. I got an award at the 10 years for not losing an employee. And we always met every budget on time, every time. And it's amazing how God's principles work. And you who work six and then seven days a week, I know you're frantic. I, I Trust me, I know. 
man, I got that job on Sunday and I'll make a couple hundred bucks. We'll catch up on this job. And if we just do that, then we'll get ahead and we'll go here. And I'm not saying it has to be Sunday. I don't care when your Sabbath day is because it doesn't specify it that way. He says, six days you can work and then I want you to rest. And he calls that day a Sabbath day, a rest day. God wants you to rest. What a mean God. How can he be so mean? I can't believe it. Listen, listen to this. The tender commandments. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord with all your heart and your mind and all your soul. With, I mean, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've mentioned this before, but the love of God is flowing from the throne room of God toward you at a rushing speed that you cannot fathom. It is moving towards you at all times. It is amazing. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It is the love of God. He is love, a love that never fails and never quenches. And he's saying, you want to be in relationship with me? You want to be in equal relationship with me where we're relating? Then take the greatest command I can give you is look at that love and love me back. And we will have exactly what each other are giving. How many think this is a great command? And then and it says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God is pro-love. Amen? He's not anti-stuff. He's pro-love. The commandments, listen what he says in Romans 13, 9. This is Paul, one of the great leaders of the epistles in the early church. A staunch Pharisaical Jew who got converted. He says, look, listen to the commandments. He's listing them out. You don't commit adultery. You don't murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The commands are there so that you can be loving to your neighbor. Why do you not want to steal? Because you love your neighbor and you want him to keep his stuff. Right? Right? So when you see a shovel in the backyard, you don't quickly move it into your garage. (laughs) Not because you want to do the right thing, because you go, you know what, I love my neighbor. He was a total jerk to me, but God loves him and I love him too. Let's, Let's give him his shovel back. The scripture says in Thessalonians, says you who steal should steal no longer. You know, instead. I mean, it's funny, why does God write don't steal to the church? Come on, how many here have stolen something? I told you, officer, we can pick them out. <laughs> just, just grab them. How many stole something over $500? I want to know which one's grand larceny. <laughs> I want to know the grand theft. Anyone else? Anyone steal a car over $500? What was the license plate? <laughs> officer, I told you. This, I'm just kidding. How many glad that the Lord does not treat us as our sins deserve? Okay, this is not a license to sin. It's just an understanding of grace and the goodness of it. Number one, I'm going to take you to the commandments to number four. I am the Lord your God. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Look at how he starts. I want you to know who I am. And who am I? Just remember, I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you into, out of Egypt and brought you into, delivered you into the land, uh, out of, me, sorry, out of the land of slavery, into the land of freedom. Amen? 
This is, this is the, this is how he's talking to you. Remember, remember you were trapped by the burden of the sin of the Egyptians. You remember on Saturday and Sunday, they would work you to the bone. That's the master, isn't it? The master wants your skin. And he wants you to work. And the Christian world and the whole world bows to it. And it bows to it and says, yes, we will work to get ahead. And it strives. And then it doesn't understand why it's not prospering. And then it starts to curse it. Why? And it looks, it finds idols to come after. You, the boss is the idol. The company, the market. But it's really you I'm mad at. And God's going, I'm the one who brought you out of that. Do I hear an amen? I brought you. I delivered you out of it. I can take care of you. I own the cattle of the thousand hills. It's not, it's not a specific number. A thousand is an exponential number. It represents I own all of it. Amen? Number two, you shall have no other gods before me. This isn't a whining God. <laughs> Don't have any gods before me. Come on. I really want to be the only God. Why can't I be the only God? Well, can you imagine God being such a wuss? God is not a wuss. God's, God's saying this. He, he makes this over. He, he tells them, what is this going to do for you? Elijah gets sent by God to the prophets of Baal, and they go, let's see who is God. Go ahead. Let your God do something. I want to see him do something. And, and Elijah just starts mocking them. It's ridiculous. This is hurting you. You hurting the people. And then the king, Asa, get behind him, and, or Ahaz, and bam, they bring destruction, him and his queen Jezebel. Just bring destruction to their people. You know, turning to the false gods. Don't turn to any of their gods. They won't help you. They don't live. You know? And, and to, you can look at it. That's just an ancient thing that other people turn to gods. Listen, Whatever you worship the most is your God. Think about it. Well, I, don't, I don't believe in Christianity. I don't worship that God. Well, what do you worship? Well, celebrities? No, 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 no. Was pro athlete? No, 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 no. Images on the television? Maybe. Maybe yourself. Maybe you're your own God that you created. Don't you realize how wimpy your power is? The economy turns around and the world can kick you the God's butt just like that. What kind of power do you have? And you don't see it until you're totally devastated. Isn't that true? And then you realize it. There's nobody on the plane going, I'm a God, I'll take care of us. Everybody goes, oh my gosh. But they say the other word. Right? Right? Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. I hope you got this last week. This isn't a, come on, don't curse, I don't like it. No cursing in the house, kids. That's not that. This is telling your kids what the name of Jesus Christ means. It's salvation. I was talking to someone first service, and he said, you know, when he was getting medical attention, there was a guy next to him having terrible problems, stomach problems, and he just cried out, and he just cried out the name Jesus Christ in a cursing sort of way. 
And he thought about the sermon of last week and he said he could have said, Jesus Christ, help me. Bring this. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're the deliverer. Heal my body. How many say amen? Amen. Don't misuse the name. While you're cursing, you're wasting that time. You just wasted 10 seconds saying something that isn't true. God is not the dammer you think he is. God is the saver and the rescuer and the deliverer who heals blind eyes and opens our hearts. He came to release the oppressed. Our God is good. His love endures forever. It, it endures you know, to eternity. He's the one who is with you forever. The first and the last, the beginning and the end, the life, the truth, the way. Man, I mentioned nuclear power. You know, when it's used for destruction, it just brings devastation. Oh, just look at some of the pictures of some of the kids who survived, you know, the Nagasaki and the Hiroshima. Just devastating. Just destruction. But yet... You look at nuclear power when it's just running, you know, an aircraft carrier or a part of a city, it can be very powerful. Low usage and amazing output. Yes, there's uranium problems and all that. I'm not going to the details of that. But I'm just trying to say that there's destruction and good power can be used from the same force. Don't misuse the name. Turn to someone and say, don't misuse his name. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay? Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Just everyone say six days. Six days. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. It's a rest to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Okay? Now listen. A lot of times you'll hear people talk about this inaccurately. They'll say, you know, we worship on Saturday. We worship on Sunday. Is that what he's talking about here? Or is he talking about not doing any work? Is he saying, I don't want you to play Monopoly, no fun, on the Sabbath day? You know, you can only go this far, but don't go that far. No, he's not saying that. He's, he's going to make this big case about how he doesn't want anyone there to work on it. God wants you to rest. Turn to someone and say, God wants you to kick back and rest. Nowhere in Scripture is the Sabbath day commanded to be the day of worship. I know that some worship on Saturday, and that's, they think that's their sacred day. Some people say, well, it is Saturday, but the Gregorian calendar, according to the 4th century with Artaxerxes, when he did this and he came over there, it turns out today, due to the lunar and Jupiter, now is the line. Now, today is actually Saturday, but we're one day off. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You think Jesus is up there worried about that? I died for them, but they better get the day right. Why did you come, Jesus? Well, I'm going to make sure everyone got the day right, idiots. They didn't understand that you had to invert the Gregorian calendar when you started. Listen, we didn't even have Einsteinian physics. We had Newtonian physics for how long? Even in the last, you know, several centuries, which isn't even totally accurate. So come on. You don't know. This could be Wednesday. 
Oh my gosh, we're worshiping on Wednesday. We're going to get struck down. Listen, you know why you get saved is because of the work of Jesus Christ. Just, when you look at the cross, you just point to the cross just for a second. Come on, you can do it. Just say, he is my rest. He is my Sabbath day. God worked, not me. His works, not mine. And then he rested. And I enter into his rest. It's the Sabbath day. How many want to rest in the Lord? That's, this is what we do, is we rest in the Lord. This is, this, is, this is good news. Remember the Sabbath day. Listen, watch what he says in Deuteronomy. He keeps going. He says, he gets specific. And you know how God always gets really specific because he has to. Because otherwise, an illegalist will take find a little nutshell, and you know, a little nugget, and turn it into something. He says, on it sh- you shall not do any work, neither you... And then I could just see everyone thinking, I'll get my kids to do it. (laughs) Right? Come on. That's one of the benefits of having kids. You have them doing all kinds of work in the house. Nor your son or we'll get her to do it then. (laughs) Phoebe, can you mow the lawn? Clean the chariots? Take care of the horses? Thresh the wheat? Or your sons or daughters. All right. We'll get the help to do it. Nor your male and female servants. Nor your ox or donkey. Oh, good. The horses can work. So what does he got to add? Or any animal. This is like when God's talking about love. When nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. He says height or depth. uh Okay, no angel, nor demon, uh, not the past, not the future. Um, okay, not any power. Okay, not any power in all creation. I mean, there's only two things. There's the creator and there's creation. <laughs> Nothing in the creation. Well, I can stop myself. You're in creation. <laughs> right? You're in creation. Nothing can separate you. Here he's saying, not your ox, not your donkey. <laughs> Gosh, and I just bought an ox last week. What am I going to do with that thing on Sunday? Well, don't touch him. You kidding me? We're riding him. It's fun. Or any of your animals, check this out. We'll get the foreigners to do it. Right? I mean, God's talking to the Israelites. You know, is that what he said? I brought you out of Egypt. He didn't bring them out of Egypt. We'll get them to work. And he goes, listen, if it's a foreigner and they're in your town, it's the same thing. Nor any foreigners residing in your towns. Can you say with me, so that I can prove to you I'm a bossy God who gets what he wants. No, so that your male and female servants can rest like you do, right? So they can kick back too. You know, the, the word recreation means to recreate. You know, it's the creation. You're the creation, but you need rest to recreate. Like when you go to sleep, don't you feel better after you had a good night's sleep? Talk to people who have sleep issues. And you're trying to sleep, but you can't. You're always tired. You're always waking up. You go, man, what I would do for some sleep, what I would do for some rest 
arrest where not people aren't calling you up and, hey, hey, John, I know it's your day off, but I need to talk to you. We're working on this project. Just go, or break, bam. Sorry about that. Pastor, I got to talk to you. Our marriage is in trouble. How long has it been in trouble? Not six months. All right, I'll see you Thursday. (laughs) Kaboom. We need you right now. Hey, I'll send you my computer program for counseling that I invented. You talk to it. And it has this, it it listens while you're talking. And it has a face of a person that goes, "Mm mm-hmm. I see. And then when you stop talking, it goes, I understand. Go on. And then you keep talking. And then when it's all done, it goes, huh. Let's pray to the Lord. And then it, then it memorizes the words that you said. I know you're having problems with eating disorders. And so I wanted to pray for you. And you also have problems with lying and bitterness. <laughs> I am cracking myself up. It's terrible. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it if I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> Now, I want you to see something, because if you, do, if you miss this, you miss a lot. I want you to see him tie in this Sabbath. He's tying the Sabbath and the freedom and deliverance from slavery together. Okay, watch this. Watch when he gets to verse 15. Can I just say it with me? Say, remember. Remember. He's, he said, I don't want you to work. Don't, don't make them work. Don't make them work. Don't make them work. Don't make your animals work. Just don't, don't make anything work. And then he goes, remember, you were slaves in Egypt. Remember, remember the pharaohs? More bricks, but less straw. Work every day. Longer hours. More Ramses we got to make. Raw. You know? That's that word, bad. Just make more stuff. Let's make them slavery. He goes, remember when I heard your cries when you were out there? You're going, I need God in my life. Well, don't go back to them being your gods. Remember, you were slaves there. You were in slavery to the workforce. You were slavery to production. And the Lord brought you out of there, listen, with a mighty hand. I came in there and I showed you, you want productivity? I can deliver you from this. Bam! God is powerful. And he says, listen, and an outstretched arm. There is no job, there is no place that God cannot reach. There's no isolated place. Well, I work in Alaska. God didn't go out there. Yes, he does. Amen? Therefore. And whenever you see therefore, you want to know what? It is therefore. Therefore, because of all that, I just told you about being delivering you and I can do this and I can get you out, mighty hand, outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you. Observe the rest day. Don't waste the deliverance I've given you. Don't take the cross and say, oh, I believe Jesus died for me on the cross, but now I'm going to earn my salvation. Come on. Stay in the cross. Amen? Don't take, oh, this is what the Galatians got rebuked for. 
did you begin your walk by what you did or by what you believed? And they go, uh, by what we believed. He goes, are you now trying to return back to human effort? Did I waste my time with you, Paul says? Clearly, Jesus Christ was portrayed as crucified to you. You should have known this. Stick with it. Amen? Stick with Christ. Anyone who overworks really is a slave. You just, you're a slave. And you don't trust God. It's hard. Don't, listen, can I just tell you? There is no condemnation for you. I'm not here to beat you up. You work and I can't believe it. That's, you're, you're still hearing our voice, the Bible's voice from the taskmaster's mouth. And many people, when they come to Christ and they read the Bible, they read the Bible with the taskmaster's voice. When I tell you that this is the, the God who says, come to me, all you who are heavy, burdened, you're laden down. You're weary with the slave labor. And I tell you, I will give you rest. I'll give you peace. Enter into the rest of the Lord. Enter into the peace of the Lord. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Don't look for your own joy. Look for the joy of the Lord. Amen? Because it's sustaining and it's mighty. Genesis 2.2. This is looking back at the first usage here. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So... On the seventh day, he what? Rested from all his work. Did did it say he was tired? God goes, man, I thought I was the almighty God and all power. I do have all the power, but it's just not enough. Creation's hard work. No, God rested means he stopped. He stopped working. And watch, look what he did. Uh, Imagine he worked. God, God created things. And God's creating things. Day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. Then on day seventh, God goes, hmm, it's all done. He looks back. You know what he says? That's good. Amen? He makes us and he says what? That's very good. Amen? That's what he says. Don't you love that? God looks at you and he goes, that's very good. I done good. And it says, and then God blessed the seventh day. Let's take the seventh day. And he says, he didn't look at the day and he goes, wow, look at that holy day. Boy, it's just holy. It turns out it's holy. Michael, the archangel, the day I looked at and it's holy. No, God made it holy. Did he not? And he blessed it. And he says, this day is a day of rest. You know what a lot of people do when they come to faith? They go, oh, I need to come to Christianity. (laughs) I better go to day one. Start working. They start working their way. God says, why don't you start on the seventh day? How many want to start with the rest day? We enter into the rest. When he talks to the Israelites, he says, you're so stubborn. He says, you rebel and you rebel and you rebel. You refuse to enter into the rest that I give you. It's right there as plain as day. Just enter into the rest. How many want to enter into the rest of the Lord? Come on, raise your hand high. Don't be, yeah, be be convicted if it's true. He made it holy. Just say it with me. Say, he made it. This is important. Holy. Who made it? 
He made it what? He made it holy. He took the day and he made it holy. Why? Because on that day, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. The creating is done. Yes, we can go into the DNA molecules and, and, and reorder order the, the nucleotide bases, amino acids, and we can come up with different proteins, you know, based on changing it around. It's amazing some things that we can do. But we have to start with the existing creation. We have to go to matter and material. The creating is done. Watch what he says. Rested from all the work. Let's go to the new. And let me add one thing too. On the seventh day, he rested. Do I hear amen? Did you know that on the seventh year, God told them to rest the land? Right? He he starts using this number seven. And he goes, and then seven times seven, this is what I want you to do. This is going to be a year of jubilee. The seventh of the seventh year. And then some of you know Daniel's and he takes a seven times a seven and he starts multiplications of seven, right? And then he writes the letter to the seven churches. And then he starts and everything is seven spirits before the throne. And he starts to use this seven as a number. It's a number of completion. It's when Jesus is on the cross and he says, it's now complete. It is seven. It's the rest, the time of rest. Jody has a, a, a good friend, real good friends who live in Minnesota and they're farmers. They, they have like three, four generations of farmers. And he, he's a Christian and he was talking about how he, as soon as he, he got saved and started understanding the Sabbath, he started resting his land the se- every seven years he'd rest it. So he'd take one little portion each time And on the seventh year, there'd always be one portion of that land that would rest. And and it turns out, he says, you would not believe the statistics, Eric, of people who don't rest their land. It loses its mineral qualities. It starts to deplete. It's a common thing known. Farmers know this. Because it's not resting. How much of your life has been depleted because you just won't do a simple thing by resting and trusting God? That's to make it pragmatic. You will not get saved ever. By observing the Sabbath. Okay? But you can get saved by putting your faith in Christ who is the Sabbath rest. And why not demonstrate your faith to someone else and say, why do you rest on Sabbath? Because I have faith in Christ. He is my Sabbath rest. Why do we give? Because Jesus is the first fruit offered for us. Amen? And because he's the first one offered... I offer the first of my thing, my stuff, to demonstrate my faith in Christ. We're saved by grace, not works. Amen? Okay, I put there, by the way, can everyone just say that? The Lord's Day. This is how it becomes the Lord's Day. God blessed the seventh day and say it with me, made it. He made it holy because it's a day unto him. He says in Exodus as well, Exodus 20. He made it holy. It's the Lord's day. What day is this one? It's the Lord's day. Right? It, today is the day the Lord has what? Made. Let us be what? Let us rejoice and be glad. Where? In it. In it. It's pointing to Christ, that psalm. Today is the day of the Lord. Today is the day. This day. The day of the Lord. The Lord's day, this day, 
because it's the day of rest. The work of salvation has been completed by Christ. Do I hear an amen? Let me give you an example in Hebrews 10.10. We have been, can everyone say, made holy. How? Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. How often? Once. Once for all. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. In one sense, we've been made perfect, past tense, and we are being made holy. We are totally saved and being rescued and delivered and sanctified unto eternal life, the work of the Spirit in us. And how many are glad for that work? That's God working in us. Let's take Jesus' example and see what he says about it. This is him in the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus is going to the grain fields, and as was his disciples, and as his disciples, I'm sorry, walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. By the way, according to Deuteronomy 23, 25, in the law, you were allowed to pick the grains. There's nothing wrong with picking the grains. That's not the unlawful thing. And it says, but the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? Okay, why are they doing this? Why? I don't understand. The, the, the law was so specific, and here you're letting them do it. Should they have done that? I mean, could they do that on the Sabbath? Isn't that work? Well, they're pointing more to their tradition than to the actual law. Do you guys remember reading the law where he said you can't grab the grain fields and have something to eat? No, he's getting, they're getting specific here. And look what he says. He says, because Jesus is indignant about this, Jesus answered, have you never read what David did? He's, he's going to go in a different scripture later and he's going to go, you know why you think this way? Because you took one thing and didn't understand the big picture. It's just like when they looked at him and they go, where's God? And he's right in front of them. You miss the forest through the trees. And he goes, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Right? How many say Amen. Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and he ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. I can't believe it. And it says also he gave some to his buddies because they were hungry. Can't we understand that the Sabbath was not made, I mean, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Do I hear an amen? And put it on. He said to him, them exactly what I just tried to say. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And watch this outrageous statement by Jesus. What day is this? Can everyone say the Lord's day? Say the God who created everything. Watch this. He says, so the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I know why it was made. He says, so the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. That is a big statement, is it not? Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord who set this day aside. 
Jesus, that one, the son of man, who's he? We got to stone this guy. He, a mere man, is claiming to be God here. And I, I love it what he says. I don't have it in there, but he says, I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. How many think the Sabbath is still a good idea? It's awesome. Amen? Indignant. Luke 13, 14. And we're wrapping things up here. I see some of these guys starting to fall asleep. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. The synagogue leader said to the people, think about it. They're watching Jesus and Jesus is doing miracles. It's like he could have waited. He could have just honored their tradition and interpretation of the law that he could have just let it go and go, I'm not going to argue with these guys. I'll just heal on the Sabbath. But instead, he goes out of a way to tick them off. Don't you love Jesus? I mean, he's making a point. And, and it's like he goes there, and this young girl, this girl is, is, needs deliverance, and he comes and heals her. And they don't care about that. Yay, she's healed. They just are ticked. And they say here, listen, he, they, it's like them standing in front of Jesus going, look at six days you could work. Six days you could have got healed. But don't, not on the Sabbath day. Because this is the legalism that it gets reduced to. So come and be healed on those days. We like the healing. Yes, we do. But not on those days. Of course, this woman had been sick for 18 years. 18 years. And they had power there, the pool of Siloam and of all these other things that God had provided. And it says, the Lord answered him. And I love it. Jesus is not politically correct. He doesn't say, well, I'm, I really want to say something to you so that we can both have, you know, sort of a mutual understanding. I don't want you to feel like I'm calling you names and you're not calling me names. We're just on a mutual plane. I love Jesus. He, he just forgets all that. He looks at me, he goes, you hypocrites. Don't you love Jesus? He looks him right in the eye. And don't tell me Jesus hasn't looked you in the eye and said, you hypocrite. How many have heard that word in the mirror by the Lord talking to you? Come on. You look and you know you're a hypocrite. He goes, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your, oh, there's the ox and donkey again. <laughs> right? Don't you, un- on the Sabbath, don't you untie You untie your from the stall and you lead it out. Well, he's thirsty. You know, he's going to be working for me tomorrow. Go ahead, get something to drink, Fido. We need you tomorrow. It's Monday or Sunday or Monday. Look at this. Look at this. This is why he calls them hypocrites. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, doesn't it make sense for her to be set free on the Sabbath day, the day that the Lord has made, the one he makes holy? Shouldn't a killer holy thing happen on it? She should be set free from what bound her. Verse 17, when he said this, can you say all? All his opponents were humiliated. But the people were. It's like 
you know you can't say anything because you're a Jew and you're in trouble with the Pharisees. You're going to get kicked out of the synagogue and then you're going to lose your business plans and you can't, and you have your temple taxes are going to increase and then you have no access to any of the resources. You know that. And so you're back there watching all your religious leaders who have become the new taskmasters and then you're sitting over there and Jesus is going, you hypocrites, right in front. And you're going, yes. And they get all humiliated, and you're going. And then right as you turn around the corner, you're going like, yeah, baby! Way to go, Jesus, man. How do we like Jesus? Come on. <laughs> the rest of you are humiliated. I understand. <laughs> on what day did the early Christians meet? Just, I'm just going to eat a couple quotes. I could have kept this really long, but it's, you only have so much time. Can everyone say every day? Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. On the first day of the week they did that. On the first day of every week they did that. They have all kinds of things where they met. Does God require Sabbath keeping of Christians? And I just want to look at this here. Therefore, can everyone say therefore? If you read Colossians 2, the first 1 through 15, I didn't write it all out. But it's talking about the supremacy of Christ, who he is. For the fullness of the deity dwelt in him in bodily form. He has supremacy over all things. All things were created by him and for him and through him. He is the almighty God, the image of the invisible God. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you... Can everyone say eat? That's this. We got laws about that. Can't eat that. It gives us wisdom when we don't eat that. And don't drink that either. Or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or what? A what? I I didn't hear you. A Sabbath day. Um, These are a shadow. You see my shadow? That's not me. This is just a shadow of things to come. But the reality, that's all they were. They're a shadow pointing to something that was coming. But it wasn't the real thing. The Sabbath was pointing to the reality, which is what? Christ. The reality, however, is found where? In Christ. Do you not have that up there? Oh, the reality, however, is found where? In Christ. We shouldn't judge each other. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Listen, let me read these last parts here and close. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Can everyone point to the cross? There it is. For this, can everyone say good news? This isn't bad news. How could you have the cross on your church? It's such a negative thing because he got killed that way. It's his, no, it's the sign of redemption. Can everyone say good news? That God has prepared this rest. It has been announced to us. It was announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good. He's talking about the Israelites heard it, but it didn't help them because they didn't mix it with faith. They didn't share the same faith. And it says, for only we who believe can enter the rest. 
Not we who do the good Bible study. Not we who attend church every day. Not that we who believe can enter his rest. Verse 3, this rest has been ready since he made the world. When was it ready? Back then, he made the sixth day and then the rest. We know it is ready because of the place in the scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. So God's rest is there for people to enter. Do you want to enter into the rest into the rest of God? It's here to enter. But those who heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. They didn't receive the good news of Christ and accept it. They rejected it. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Listen, can you just say for anyone? Turn to someone and say, anyone, anyone, anyone who enters God rest. Get this. This is my close here. Listen, whoever enters God's rest. I'm going to quote a different scripture I read a few weeks ago. It was one of those cornerstone scriptures. Romans 4, 4. But the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked, he will be justified before God because the righteous shall live by faith. Amen? Listen what he says here. Anyone who enters God's rest. So you were working on day four. That's been your life. And then you enter instead. You just enter into the rest of God, his work. How many want to enter in God's rest? And it says, then they... Also rest from their own work, just as God did. God did it as a demonstration to you so that you don't have to work and work. How does that pragmatically work in, into our lives? We know we're saved by God's work, not ours. Do I hear an amen? We enter into his rest through the cross. Do I hear amen? Now, when we live daily, we don't have a Sabbath rest to be saved, to try to get saved. We're already saved. What we do now is we have a Sabbath rest for our soul and as a testimony to the world that says, I'm resting in God. He will make my production and my works of the rest of the time productive, even though I lose this day. God will make it productive. Do I hear an amen? He will make me productive. Take a Sabbath rest. Do it regularly. Enter in. The Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry the heaven burdens, and I will give you rest. Why don't you, why don't you turn off or turn, uh, close your eyes and bend, bow down just for a moment. Father, I thank you for your word. It's truth. It's life. Thank you for the real word, the Logos, who is Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. All things were made by him and for him. He came to that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. But to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of blood, not of natural descent, not of a husband's will, but born of God. And we pray.
praise you, Lord, that we can be born by your power and not ours. And this wind blows wherever it pleases. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And I just give you a challenge. And all of our base camp leaders come up. Maybe you're that person out there now. You just say, I I need to be born again. I need to have the Spirit of the Lord in me. I need forgiveness, redemption, God's power in my life. If that's you, just raise your hand up high. Just raise it to the Lord to acknowledge to him, to say, Lord, it's me. I need you. I need your power. I need your goodness. I need your grace. I need you to pay for my sins. And I thank you that you did. And just thank him now, would you? All across this room, just say, thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for paying for me. Thank you for the work that you did in my place, Lord. That, and then when you rested, I get to enter into that rest. I had the same peace, the result of all that work, which is rest. I get the result of it too. I get to rest. And thank you that I'm in the Sabbath and the rest. And then for those of you, got, you were challenged this morning. Don't be afraid and please don't look around. I really want it to be between you and the Lord. It's important that it's personal. I'm not looking either. I got my eyes closed. You just say, Lord, I need to make that Sabbath rest for myself, my family. I need to make that a priority so that I can trust your provision and not drain myself going after that. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. And go ahead and put your hand down. And now there's some of you, you don't know how to rest. (laughs) You've been a workaholic. You you are always trying to get yourself ahead. The thought of rest is killing you right now. You need God to help you. No condemnation, any of this. We're not going to follow you around at home and give you a checklist to see if you did this. This is between you and God. Do it or don't do it. But if that's you, you say, God, I need you to help me. Raise your hand. Just say, God, show me how to rest. I can't do it. I am a workaholic, Lord. I am under the slave, slavery. Deliver me and show me how to do it. Show me how to relax and have a good time. Maybe enjoy football. In Jesus' name, do I hear an amen? Amen. How many got something out of today? Come on. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word and your principles. In Jesus' name. We got a one heart, one mind for those of you leaders of ministry. We'd love to see you tonight at 430. And God bless you. Bring a friend next week. We have some, the commandments next week are going to be really tremendous. We'll see you then. God bless.